The next era of Bucks basketball is here. Lillard, three-pointer for the lead. It's game time. Giannis just inside the three-point line working on Orlando. Robinson spins around him and goodness gracious. This is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. Tonight, we'll unpack it all with a guy who's been in the middle of it all. The president of the Bucks, Peter Fagan. And our special guest tonight, who's traveling with the team, is Bucks general manager, John Horst. By far the best record in the league. And Chris Middleton is a huge part of that thrill ride. The source for the inside scoop on every dribble, drawn-up play, and decision made. Now, here's your host, Gail Kloppa. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail Kloppa, and this is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. Talk about highs and lows. In the span of just 48 hours, the Bucks held the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champs, to just 95 points. The defense sparkled. The win was impressive. And the Miami Heat showed up. They shot the lights out, and Doc Rivers waved the white flag with just over seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now the Bucks go back to Memphis. One more game before the break, one more test before the All-Star extravaganza. Tonight, it's time to take stock. We sit down with the architect, the guy who makes the deals and shapes the roster. He's one of the most respected executives in the NBA. Our guest, Bucks general manager, John Horst. John, welcome back to Courtside. Always great to visit with you. Hey, Gail. Great to be on and, and looking forward to the conversation. Oh, same here, John. So we'll dig right in. And John, a midseason coaching change, and now we're early in the Doc Rivers era here in Milwaukee. Uh, curious, what are you seeing so far? What adjustments is Doc focused on making with the team? Yeah, you know, Doc, Doc has an incredible basketball mind, obviously a very experienced leader, and um, just He's, he's brought a calm uh, to the organization. He's brought a structure to the team and to our work. Uh, I think you've seen on the, on the court our defense has really improved and taken shape. And, you know, offensively we're, we're learning to play with each other. We're learning to play second side action. We're learning to, to get to the, you know, the second and third options within different sets and different plays. Giannis and Dane continue to improve. Uh, together and individually and so you know Doc's Doc's leadership Doc's experience is just something that we felt this group needed and could benefit from and I've been very happy uh, so far with with what we've seen and how it's grown and how it's developed and look forward to seeing how it develops the rest of the way. John when I watch Doc Rivers particularly on the sideline and in his news conferences after games uh, there's a phrase that comes to mind that an old mentor of mine mentioned. The phrase is insight born of experience. Your thoughts? Yeah, it, there's no doubt, again, that the experience that Doc has as a coach leads to his insights, leads to the adjustments, leads to the, the feel, you know, the, the natural feel that goes into managing a game, managing a practice, you know, how do you handle a win? How do you handle a loss? You know, what is the dynamic on the plane when you travel? How do you interact with players in a one-to-one setting? How do you interact with players in a group setting? How do you interact with ownership and management? And so Doc has experienced all that. He's, he's, he's been through it all. He's had great success and could not be more excited to have him as a partner and, and a co-leader of this organization with me as we try to, to go and accomplish our goals for the season. John, Doc has talked about two words, simplifying and clarifying. And I know he shared an interesting point about how players can be at their best, can play, as he called it, with fire, if they don't have to think first before they act or react on the court. Your comments. 
Yeah, I trust Doc. I, I haven't played this game at a high level. He has. He's, he was a very successful NBA player, has now been a very successful uh, NBA coach. And I believe that. I believe that when you, you have a simple plan, a role, a mission, and you understand what it is, and you have clear directive and how to, to go about it, um, I think you can execute at a higher level. And our players uh, are not short of understanding for what their roles are on this team, what their role is in our success. Doc will continue to, to teach them and coach them and, and drive those messages home and those roles home and those, those goals home. And I think when you do that, you, you have the opportunity to get the best performance out of a collective group when individually you know what is expected of you and how to go about your, your work each and every day. And so that's absolutely been a part of, of what this group, group has seen early on. And, John, it may surprise many of our listeners to learn that practice time is really hard to come by during the grind of an 82-game season. As you've mentioned, we have smart veteran players, but how are Doc and the coaches and you working to install a new system literally on the fly? Yeah, it's crazy. The rigors of the season, you know, we we just came off of a 10- to 12-day road trip. Um, we have been home now for a couple of games. We'll, we'll go into the all-star break, but eight out of our next 10 games are on the road again. And so the combination of travel, uh, how consolidated or condensed the schedule is, really does make practice time hard. And so coaches have to be really creative and intentional about scheduling and how they go about a day, how they go about a trip. When we fly, when we watch film and practice, when you just practice, when you just do film, Doc knows how to do that better than anybody. He's already instituted a lot of teaching and education sessions with this team. There'll be more. Some of it's on court, some of it's off. And, you know, I just look forward to seeing how he continues to do that. You know, it's been great. It's been a pleasure, honestly, to, to watch him teach and coach in the practice settings we've had. The video sessions have been incredible as well. And we'll continue to look for, for opportunities and steal opportunities where we can keep coaching the team and, and continue to improve. So, John, let's, let's step back for a second, if you will, and look at the body of work. Through 55 games now, 55 games played so far this season already, what are your two or three most important conclusions looking across that body of work? Well, I would say pretty obvious ones. We sit near the top of a really tough conference. We have great overall team health, and we have an opportunity to get better. And this is a team that's very talented, that is very motivated, full of high-character individuals. Uh, As in any championship run goes, I I always say that it takes some luck, it takes talent, um, and it takes health. And... We really have talent. We really have health right now. We've got a great leader in Doc. We've got a great core group of players with supporting cast that makes sense and that, that's going to that's gonna, uh, fulfill their roles each and every day. And we've seen that manifest itself throughout the course of this season. This season hasn't been without struggles or, or trials and adversity, but that's, that's what makes us stronger, and that's where you bet on the character of a group and the character of the individuals is to really uh, rise above adversity, rise above the struggles, and be in a position where you have an opportunity. This whole thing is about positioning yourself to have a real opportunity to compete each and every year for a championship. And we've done that in the past, and we're positioned to do that again this year. So, you know, wishes and blessings towards uh, continued health, 
continued growth and development for this group, but very, very encouraged by where we stand today uh, going into the, the last stretch of the regular season and, and then hopeful a long, successful playoff run. We'll have more with Bucks GM John Horst in a moment. Back to Gale and Bucks General Manager John Horst. John, over the years, you've always been active at the trade deadline, working to strengthen the team for the stretch run. This year, no exception. So if you will, tell us about the move to bring Patrick Beverly, a veteran known for his defensive skills, to Milwaukee. Yeah, Gail, we take, we take each and every transaction period, and really throughout the course of the season, this is all continuous, we take a very rigorous approach in evaluating our team and trying to understand where are the areas that we can get him that we can improve, where we can really change the group in a meaningful way and try not to do something just to do it, but to try to be intentional about how we uh, approach improving the team. And so this year was no different. We thought we had an opportunity to improve defensively, specifically at point attack defense, um, specifically in the guard position. And we thought there was also an opportunity for us to uh, potentially open up a roster spot where we could then kind of dive into the free agent market, potential buyout market, and, and maybe address another need as well. And so, you know, we, we go into each of these things with pillars and goals, and, and we were able to accomplish some of our pillars and goals in the trade deadline. Patrick Beverly, I believe, is, is the right player for this team. I think he's going to have a real impact on our, on our group immediately and also as we go throughout the rest of the regular season in the playoffs. He's an incredible um, defender. He brings great energy. He brings a physicality and a toughness to our group that, that you can always use. And he's a very capable playmaker and shot maker. And he's done it in big moments. And he's, he's won a lot in his career. And so very excited to have had the opportunity to acquire him. And, and hopefully that will work out for us. And what we do with the open roster spot is to be determined. And we'll continue to work through that and see how we can uh, continue to add to this group here over the next few weeks. And, John, from everything Patrick has said publicly, he loves Doc Rivers and played for him before. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a trust there. There's a connection. You know, Doc has coached Pat. Pat has played for him. And so, you know, they speak the same language. They know there's a knowledge and terminology. And so I think some of that will accelerate the learning with the rest of the group. And it's always good to, to have a coach that trusts the players that he has. Doc trusts all of our players, but he's, he's had more reps with, with Pat. And so that, that's a part of it for sure. And it was good for me to have a sounding board and really have the trust and the support of Doc to, to pursue a guy like Pat Bev, who I don't know. You know, I haven't worked with him in the past. I've always been a fan from afar. And so to get the, the stamp of approval, if you will, from Doc in, in pursuing that opportunity was also very important. Well, that makes sense. And, John, thinking back, perhaps the boldest move of your career as general manager took place just before the start of this season with Damian Lillard coming to the Bucks. Interesting at this stage of the game, knowing that you cannot judge a trade on a half a season or perhaps even a single season, how would you assess the move so far? It's an incredible, as I said when we did it, an incredible once-in-a-lifetime maybe opportunity to to add a top 75 all-time player, a top player in our league currently to a team that already has one of the best players in the world on it. And uh, Dame is proven to be an incredible person, teammate, very impactful player for us so far this year. There is a lot of room for improvement and growth in the dynamic with him and our team and him and Giannis. 
uh, and they'll, they're going to continue to grow and improve, and, and really the sky is the limit where they're going to get. But it's, it's not an accident that Giannis is having a career year this year um, in terms of scoring, in terms of his efficiency, making more field goals uh, at a higher percentage than he ever has in his career. He's rebounding the ball higher than he ever has in his career. His assists are up. You know, Dame is first amongst guards in drawing fouls. He's fourth in the league in, in making free throws. Uh, second in the league in free throw percentage, uh, very high turnover um, uh, assists, very low turnovers. And so those guys just have really, really helped each other uh, be successful, and they're going to continue to do that. And, again, there's, a, there's more opportunity and more growth there yet to come. But just couldn't, couldn't be happier with how it's worked out so far and really looking forward to seeing what happens going forward. John, you mentioned perhaps more growth to come. Many fans think we haven't yet seen the best version of Dame. Do you think there's another gear that he'll kick into in the final 30 games? Oh, absolutely. Dame Dame is a very, very special player, special talent, and special person. And, and he he is doing some great things for our team and, and things sometimes that don't show up in the box score, the amount of space that he creates the gravity he has just when he has the ball in his hands, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, the amount of um, just attention he draws with, from the defense. Defensively, he's having a great year, you know, stealing the basketball, really pressuring the ball, really buying into the way that we want to play. And so, you know, those, those transitions are hard. I've never had to go through it. No one on this uh, listening to this broadcast has ever had to go through it. But when you're a high, highly performing professional athlete, like he is, and you have a care factor like he does, transitions are not easy, and you have to continue to work through them and continue to grow and develop, and the team has to grow and develop with you and around you, and, and that's what's happening here. And it's, it's really encouraging and, and honestly uh, just rewarding to see how the guys are approaching it, and those are the reasons why um, I believe there's, there's still significant upside in what this group will do collectively and what Dame will do individually. Very interesting, John. Uh, and one more thought about the trades you've made and the sign, signings you've made of veteran free agents. During the offseason, you signed Malik Beasley to a contract with the Bucks. John, you've got to be thrilled with how Malik is contributing here, and he'll be competing, understand, in the three-point shooting contest during the All-Star break. All I can tell you is Malik Beasley is having a career year shooting the basketball from the field, from the three-point line. He's up over 45%, I believe, or very close to 45%. Top five three-point shooter in the league. He's having a great year. He's defending his butt off. And uh, just really, really happy for Malik. Malik and I had a lot of conversations before we kind of entered into to free agency with each other and, and entered into an agreement. And we agreed that this could be a great opportunity for him to help our team and help our team achieve the goals that we want to achieve and that if he bought in and did the right things, we could really help him achieve the goals that he wants and could really help him continue to establish an already great career as a young player in the league. And so Malik, Malik is having a great year. This is really a launching point for him to, to, to finish off a great season and jump into a, you know, kind of establish himself as a starting two guard in the NBA on a really good team, which is a hard thing to do. And just really proud of him and uh, hope, hope for him to continue to have great success the rest of the way. And we'll have more with John Horst right after this. Here's more Courtside with Gail and Bucks General Manager John Horst. John, after the moves at the trade deadline, the Bucks have, as you mentioned, one open roster spot. Uh, tell us if you're really looking to try to fill that spot, and if so, what type of time frame is allowed under the buyout market? Yeah, we're absolutely going to fill the spot. 
players that are currently under contract um, that could become free agents, which they'll, you know, that's a wild card. You have no idea how that's going to play out. That's between them and their current teams. They have to be waived, I believe, before March 1st to be eligible for the playoffs. Players that are currently um, free agents really could be signed any point between now and, and the end of the regular season and be eligible for the playoffs. So we'll absolutely use the spot. Who we'll use it on is to be determined, and we're really taking our time to make sure that uh, we we maximize the value of that opportunity. That it wasn't a was not an easy decision to generate the opportunity, but generated it for for we believe the right reasons and really to help this group have the best chance to win uh, in the playoffs. And so we'll see who's available and who's willing, and we'll try to we'll try to partner with a player here at some point and hopefully add another another valuable uh, player to the group. John, if you had your druthers, uh, would it be a big man to try to back up Brooke, for example? Uh, it's really to be determined, Gail. I, you know, it's, it's something for Doc and I to really work through and decide. You know, you, you can't address everything. Um, you don't have limitless roster spots. And so you really you try to figure out what you think you need most and you do the best you can uh, to address that with the opportunities that you have. And so we'll continue to work through that and try to decide what we think the best opportunity is. And, John, let's, uh, let's switch gears for a moment and talk a little bit about Chris Middleton. Chris has had, obviously, a tremendous career with the Bucks. He's worked through several injuries in the past couple of years, out now with an ankle sprain. Tell us, if you will, about Chris's status. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought Chris up, Gil. He, he is had an unfortunate ankle sprain, kind of an unfortunate injury in the Phoenix game. He's doing really well. He's rehabbing right now, and, and we'll, you know, hopefully he'll be back soon. You know, no timetable on that yet, but um, just uh, he's really important to us. We knew that. That's why we re- we've kept Chris. Chris has been an incredible Milwaukee Buck, and he will be uh, for years to come. He's had a great season, really a resurgence this year, and when Chris is on the floor, we're the second-best offense and one of the best teams in the league. And when Chris is off the floor, we drop a little bit offensively and we drop a little bit in just overall team performance. He's having a career year shooting the basketball effective field goal percentage 56%, which is really, really high, second-highest of his career. And on a per-36-minute basis, and the reason I bring that up is because obviously we had to ramp him up into his minutes early in the year, so he's, his minutes haven't yet normalized. But on a per 36-minute basis, Chris is scoring over 20 a game and giving you six rebounds and seven assists at 38% from three. And so he really is playing at an all-star level this year and has had a great, great year. So very happy for Chris, another player I'm really proud of. You know, no one knows the amount of work and effort and commitment and sacrifice that goes into, you know, rehabbing and coming back from injuries and, and getting yourself back into elite form. And Chris is is given everything he has to get himself to this point, and it's been really great to see. And a tremendous human being, as you know, John. So just delighted that Chris has been able to rebound. And John, we can't talk about the Bucks without mentioning Giannis. You talked about the tremendous numbers he's putting up this season. But interested in your thoughts on the evolution of Giannis's game. There seem to be nights when he's able to get to the basket in different ways. And now we're seeing uh, now we're seeing him take mid-range shots with real effectiveness. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think every time I get the opportunity to talk about Giannis, people ask, you know, where's the ceiling? You know, when is he done growing or developing? And and when you spend time with him, you watch him work, you understand who he is as a person, how much he cares. 
then it's clear to understand that there really isn't a limit. You know, the sky truly is the limit for, for this young person and this incredible player, incredible athlete. He, he puts in so much work. He cares so much. He believes so, so much in himself uh, that the sky is the limit. And that's why you see him finding new ways to dominate around the rim, finding new ways to, to you know, integrate shooting into his game. He's, he's had an incredible passing year this year, the best passing year of his career. Uh, and he is a great passer, but he's, it's, he's really went to new, new levels this year in doing that. Again, having a career year offensively rebounding the basketball. So he's finding ways to, to generate offense you know, through rebounding the ball, um, which is something that he's always done, but he's doing more than he's ever done. And so it's just it's remarkable to, to be around someone like him, the full package as a person, player, and performer, uh, is, is truly something that you know most people don't get to experience, and I'm just so grateful and thankful that I get an opportunity to, to be a small part of it and to, to witness it and be around it. And, and uh, as fans of the Milwaukee Bucks and the people on listening to this show, we should all continue to be grateful and never take for granted what an opportunity is to, to be part of something like this. It's truly a historic, historic opportunity to, to follow Giannis and, and his growth. Oh, amen, John. And finally, as we wrap up our conversation, John, uh, when we hit the stretch run after the All-Star break, what should fans expect to see from the Bucks between now and the playoff time? Just want to see, you want to see improvement. You know, I think you should expect to see improvement. We should see a better form of basketball. It's not, not, it's not linear in the NBA. It never is. It's not every single night. You're not going to get constant improvement. But over the course of games, over the course of weeks, you want to continue to see an improvement in our defense. We've got to continue to take shape and have trust and have an understanding and identity defensively. Offensively, we're going to continue to work on sharing the basketball, moving the basketball. Uh, we have a great group of shot makers. We have a great group of, of players who can finish on the inside. You know, we haven't talked about Brooke Lopez on this, and that's okay, but Brooke's having a career year as well, second year in a row where he's, he's increased his, his career average of blocks per game. He's at almost three blocks a game this year. Mm. He's having a career year and his effective field goal percentage shooting two-point shots and around the rim. And so I just think, you know, look for the group as a, as a collective to grow and improve and, and just fit, you know, continue to come together. There's a lot of change. There's been a lot of adversity, as we said earlier. There's been a lot of uh, moving parts with this really special group. And so the more reps we get together, the more time we get together, uh, the better it will look, the better it will feel, and hopefully the better we'll play. Well, John, here's to health and a bit of good luck as we get into the stretch run of the season. John, we appreciate your time. As always, great insights for us. Thank you so much again for visiting with us. And you've been listening to Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs>